right, so we we are we are recording now. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself first? Okay, and then and then we um, can get into the discussion of Wuxia well, and the game. Yeah, well, um, my name's not too important. It's just Jim Alcala Celeste, and I love Wuxia. Uh, I loved it before I knew there was a word for it. I loved it before there were streaming services that are fantastic today for tracking this down. Loved it before there were translations of books that I can now get my hands on. And uh, for me, it was the thing that friends and family tolerated when I watched those poorly dubbed, terrible movies, which, you know, I would then go and try and make weapons and get hurt and try and do big leaps and get hurt. And <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, I decided that uh, uh, many years ago that I absolutely needed to make a game that would let me now, many, many, many decades later, role play at the table with friends, the kinds of things that I saw in those movies as I was growing up. Now, and, and, the, and the game just before, because we're going to get into it, but the game is okay. called Art of Wuxia for people that are just, you know, listening to the podcast now. Um, what uh, you had said that you were watching the genre before you had a word for it. And that's very yeah. familiar to me because I remember that experience as well. It was kind of all put under the the category of kung fu of yeah. of martial arts some i think sometimes we would call them the flying swordsman movies is how we normally yep. describe them mm -hmm. but there we really didn't know that word wuxia and so i'm just curious when did you enter into it like when was your what was your introduction to wuxia uh well um before i knew what it was called it would have been the shaw brothers movies of course mm -hmm. um generally on sunday afternoons uh a local television show would or station would call uh would carry them uh i was growing up on a farm so i would make sure i got everything done on you know friday night saturday and sunday morning so i could catch this in the afternoon and uh, uh then of course you know go out and try and make a three-sectional staff out of whatever i had and always a big mistake but you know you're, you're inspired by that kind of stuff um and it, you, you've seen it just change so much over the years i think back then they were just called kung fu movies hmm. and um now if i go to Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu, and I look up Wuxia, I see a large spectrum of things, including Kung Fu movies and the stuff of Xianxia and Xiaohuan, um, all the other kind of stuff. But for me, it's all Wuxia. And then there's just varying spectrums and focuses of it. And uh, I've had some really great long conversations with uh, Dr. Albert Dali on this stuff and, um, you know, about the, the term and how it's used. And how do, how do you, like, in the game and in, in your regular life, how do you like to use the term? you like to keep it broad or you like to... I, I find <laughs> any time in my life when I've tried to narrow something down and, and pick a dogmatic view, life smacks me upside the head mm. and says, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere with that. Um, so it's a little broad. Uh, I've run, using this rule set, some straight up kung fu, you know, um, multiple sex in a city, mm -hmm. uh, um, duking it out for who's, you know, the, the biggest and baddest. Two, some things that have had quite a bit of magic mm -hmm. and even some creatures, but not at the level where, you know, um, not at that level where people are, are you know, knocking down mountains and castles okay. and that kind of thing. That cha -cha. So, yeah, that, that gets yeah. to a very high level. Yeah, I'm, like yeah. Where, where would you say your magical comfort zone is with this stuff? My comfort zone is... Um, uh, my personal comfort zone is kind of the kind of things you'd see in um, uh, Yijime, where there is some magic there, but you don't know for sure until 
until it's revealed. Okay. But I'm also okay, uh, and, and players love it when when you know they can be duking it out, running on the walls and on the roof, and then someone throws a uh, you know um, a bunch of mystic swords. Okay. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. So. I'm trying to think of some TV series like uh, Ice Fantasy takes it mm -hmm. a little higher than I would game. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I only made it, I think I got through about 10 episodes of Ice, Ice Fantasy. So I don't know the whole series, but I, 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 I know what you're talking about. Um, all right, so we had a little bit of a break there in the connectivity. So we're just going to continue where we left off, which was we were talking about Ice Fantasy. And I was saying to you that I only got about 10 episodes in, I think. Um, but I understood what you meant by that, where that level of magic where you're getting to, I don't know what you would call it, but sort of the, the you know, the mountain destroying magic level that you're yeah. talking about. Um, yeah. Well, it, it this gets, your question actually gets to uh, one of the reasons of why I actually made this game is there's a lot of people that role play games. And what is the, you know, the standard is your, your bog standard fantasy. Yeah. And so players are used to being able to, throw some stuff around and so i wanted to make sure that we could do that and uh you know that's pretty well represented within the genre too um and you can describe it you know in many many different ways so um yeah i wanted to provide that to players so that they would i want this game to get people interested in this storytelling style because okay. i think it's just absolutely fantastic so if we can keep it uh sure i could have gone extremely narrow you know to represent one one type of this storytelling uh but i didn't want to do that specifically because i want to reach more people well i think that's wise i think it's also good because a lot of people are entering into this from different points especially with the streaming stuff now because if someone's coming into it through ice fantasy or through these other things it may be helpful for them to have something they can hang you know hang on to that they that they recognize um right maybe not quite that mountain level stuff but you know right. something also I, I do find you get a little bit of wiggle room because it's not always clear and especially in the movie depictions how much of this is magical and how much of this is just visual representation of a concept that they're trying to get to do you know what i mean there's that 100 percent agree yeah and it depends on the translation even you know when you're listening and what they're saying and, and you can watch a movie from a couple different translators and sometimes they're talking about chi abilities sometimes they're talking about magic sometimes they won't even say it's just there's a yeah. visual effect by industrial light magic you know from way back well we both like web of death and there's a famous yeah. scene in there where in one of the versions they say the lord's prayer and in the yeah. other version they you know <laughs> exactly. it's exactly it's, so. exactly and, and I and I do think um, that that's key to to appreciating and understanding wuxia is absorb as many different styles and kinds as you can, so that you can find what you like, what you find gameable, and you expand. You know, like anything, you expand your horizons. I mean, I, I think you we have even interviewed and talked with some people who didn't didn't really grow up with the Shaw Brothers stuff. Yeah. And they're just like, well, it's so cheesy, it's so bad, yeah, but it's yeah. not. The Shaw it, Brothers you know is my they're... favorite. You know, that's yeah. Uh, I I think I I I I think with that, what I found is um, it's about the staginess of it and the sets. That seems to be the big. I think because Shaw Brothers looks kind of like Golden Age of Hollywood style filmmaking. Do you know what I mean? And if, yeah, if you uh, grew my, up on my... that, that's fine. But maybe for younger people that didn't, I don't know. Maybe it's harder for them to buy into it um my wife and and a couple of really hardcore uh wuxia friends we try and uh pick 
where we've seen that particular railing or courtyard or street <laughs> yeah. in the different shows. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun to do, uh, which brought to, uh, brings me to something that we talked about before uh, is getting uh, players to understand what this is about. You know, you can say, well, you know, it's a Kung Fu fantasy role-playing game. Well, what's that? Well, do, do you like D&D? Do you like, you know, your favorite fantasy genre? Well, we can take that stuff and add high-flying Kung Fu. That's a doorway, nothing more. But I think getting your players uh, to understand the tropes of the genre and using those tropes is really key. And uh, uh, when I was explaining this to one of my uh, core players and, uh, and play testers, he said, well, gee, it sounds like the tropes are so strong, you could just about watch a movie and play bingo with them. So the next morning I said, here are 18 bingo cards I whipped up. <laughs> okay. And uh, we got together that night and now we do it all the time where uh, we, do, uh, we play wuxia bingo and uh, I've actually brought them to, a, there's a local cinema that uh, they had like a touch of Zen and they uh, played a couple others along the way. And so I brought little short pencils and a Ziploc and the cards and handed them out. And people just had a great time. I, I do find them as people get more familiar with the genre, like it really starts to pay dividends with, you know, the, the what they do in the game starts to actually feel like a wuxia. Oh, uh, totally. You know. Yeah. So if you can get them to buy into those tropes and then they know what to watch for, they understand what they're seeing. And now this is where I think you start making lifelong fans of it because now they're interested to see how those tools and, and widgets are twisted and turned in the different stories. Yeah. No, I, I oh, go ahead. Now, what uh, I, I want to get into the game in a moment, but one thing I sure. wanted to know is what is your like, do you have a set of directors that? Are you know that you're particularly fond of, or actors um, and actresses? Like, is there, are there? You, know, you, you I, I've come up with lists in the past, and then you get a director that it either hasn't done anything like it, or hasn't mm. done anything in decades, and suddenly comes out with just a smash of yeah. a wonderful wuxia thing. Um, Sue Hark, of course, mm. right? Um, uh, I mean, everything from the Shaw Brothers. Uh, some of it, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. I, I like anything said in ancient china or mm -hmm. with a slight fantasy bit okay um okay. the the more uh if if i'm gonna watch more of the mon the modern stuff then i want to watch a john woo uh chow yun fat gun fu type thing okay i just think they're the for that type of thing there's nothing better for me um, I, w I would agree i would agree with that i, I also when i when streaming services became a thing, um, I took and I went back through the uh, Hong Kong movie database. I'm sure you've seen that. Yeah. And I pulled pictures of all the people that we kept seeing, all the uh, men and women uh, who have brought these stories to life and made color pictures and put them on some sheets and laminated them. And then we would learn their names. I mean, many of these people, and it's just tragic to me, have passed on. Yeah, you know, yeah. time is gone. But then, when we're, you know, when suddenly you see uh, uh, Cheng Pei Pei in something later on, and Gordon Liu later on, yeah. it's just mind-blowingly cool. Well, they're actually really good examples for new players because if you show them, if you show somebody come drink with me, they'll have that experience of they'll, they might have seen Crouching Tiger. And it'll slowly dawn on them who this woman is, and yes. and and it's 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 always interesting to watch that. And you get a similar thing with Gordon Liu, you know. It, it, it's uh, so th those those kinds of movies yeah. can be very useful. And didn't for that. we have uh, didn't we have um, oh who was it in uh, the the movie Wu Xia, uh, the kind of crime 
story told inside out. Um, we had a couple of famous people that had uh, come yeah, up the, from the '60s and said, "Yeah, they had Karahoy played the yeah. uh, the mother. They're not the mother, like the the the, the husband's uh, wife. I think. I think she had a he had a number of wives, and she has that fabulous rooftop scene with Donnie yes. Yen. And uh, Jimmy Wang Yu plays and the Jimmy grandfather. Wang Yu, yes, yeah. the one armed swordsman. That just I was just I. Yeah, there was a lot of noise. We had to stop the movie for a little bit to like calm down because it's just to see these people doing this with, you know, I don't know if it's a revitalization, but with the modern wire work and special effects and stuff, when it's done right, it's just phenomenal. It's, and especially if you get, like, if you get someone like a Karahui who really knew how to do it, you know, like they like they come from that old school training ground. And one of the criticisms you see of the some of the newer movies is sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes the actors aren't necessarily at because it's just not as the training's different. Do you know what I mean? Like the the level of intensity is different. Um, so is. when you get those old school actors in a new movie, it can look really amazing. Yeah. Um, well, and as you've mentioned before on some of your um, uh, shows, uh, watch the camera if it's up close. You know, yeah. uh, it's not the same as when they <laughs> pan back and you watch the whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And luckily, we get people like Donnie Yen now. You know who are doing that again and it's just you know it, it brings it to a whole nother level you know uh and and more mainstream i mean we get things like uh oh my gosh seeing jet lee and jackie chan together in forbidden kingdom yeah uh i end up recommending that a lot to people as a as a entry family you, you uh, know what's funny i had so, a friend i had a friend from china who i was talking with about wuxia and and that and he, and he re, that was one of his first recommendations to me, which surprised <laughs> me, you know. And so, it's know, it's it's legit, you yeah. know. It's it's great, cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, so what about the uh, the game itself, the Art of Wuxia? Okay. Uh, uh, what what first off, what system does it use? Why don't we start there? What's the All what's right. the basic system? Okay, so this ended up being the third system that I worked with until I was happy. And mm -hmm. it's it's the D00 light system by DWD Studios. They've used it for uh, Bare Bones Fantasy, Covert Ops, and Frontier Space. And it's it's a percentile system, but not like any I've ever seen before. Um, it's uh, things happen in multiples of five, tens, or twenties mostly. You really don't mess with small numbers, mm -hmm. so so the action flows real real well. Uh, so you're rolling under your skill to try and do things. But where it becomes interesting is you can take as many actions as you want on your turn. Every action after the first one, your score that you need to hit is 20 percentage points less. Okay, okay. So if you're in a D20 system, I mean, it's the same as taking minus five on everything. Yeah. Now, here's where it gets interesting because we're rolling with two 10-sider dice, the ones that are, you know, one zero zero nine. So our numbers are actually double zero to 99. Uh, anything on a, a five below is always going to succeed, and anything on a 90, 96 or above is always going to fail. But when doubles come up, something interesting happens. Those are criticals. So if you have a score of, let's say, 80, 80%, and you roll a 66, that's a critical success. If you roll an 88, that's a critical failure. Okay. So now here's where... Uh, you couple that in with the more actions you take, as you see, the higher chance that critical failure is going to kick oh, in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, um, the other thing is that defenses are active. So if someone attacks you, you've got to make a, you know, if it's a, a 
you know, you're going to have to make some kind of dex roll or logic roll, okay. depending on the type of attack. But those also are at that multi-action penalty that you've been building up. Okay, I can see how this would all work very well for the wuxia genre. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, yeah, when that when it finally clicked that this I'd been playing the system for like some eight months before before uh, I'd used two other systems to work on on this project and then it was like wait a second wait a second and yeah and and you do watch I mean you can see it right in the scenes where someone does a flurry of of punches to to someone else and then the person's like my turn <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that exactly happens. what I'm picturing that's exactly that happens organically in this game and. Uh, the other thing that is uh, is a uh, there's a tactical element too because you're trying to uh, pile on penalties on the on the enemy, you know. Um, uh, so you're going to suffer on your ability to defend yourself with a hard penalty for various reasons. Uh, someone attacks you that you didn't know was there. Uh, someone attacks you with ranged weapons or hidden weapons, or um, uh, you're ganged up on. So all those things can get you that hard penalty to your defense. So you're going to start with a penalty before you even start to take actions. So it suddenly, organically, the team doesn't just send the, the sneak, sneaky person to try and backstab someone. Instead, they fire arrows or the warrior gets in his face. And then the person with that ultimate stealth roll goes, it's my turn. And they're at what? minus defense now <laughs> they can't actually defend against me no they cannot <laughs> no that's that's interesting i do like I, I like that because it 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 makes the number of actions you take a tactical choice like you're saying yeah. um and it totally it, it it absolutely reflects how the genre works um yeah and, and what you see is players hands shaking as they pick up the dice because there's there's so much going on and it happens so fast and you know it, it, you see it all you know the the more they push the higher the chances are for those crit fails to happen and uh um you know those can be pretty spectacular because uh they are situational there's not a chart that you're going to roll on um uh we give guidance in the book on how to apply those crit fails and stuff and what to do with them uh but you know it's never great so yeah uh, but you but your your group of players it's actually a game that as players they can get better at over time as working as a group and figuring out how to do things um like i said real organically it'll come out of you know it's like well if i hide an attack that's gonna be better or if i use hidden weapons that'll be better and then of course there's counters to all those things too and so since you are you already have it, it sounds like the base is already pretty good do you know what I mean? for in terms of reflecting <laughs> martial arts so then how did you approach layering actual martial art mechanics on top of that yeah well um uh bill logan uh the publisher um he was the main uh well he was one of the authors on covert ops and they had started to mess with some game mechanics with uh some martial arts maneuvers in there and some of those were pretty cool um and so i started taking those and the first thing i wanted to do is because i'd already kind of cobbled up a couple of rule sets already uh, when I say cobbled up, I mean like I had, you know, Lulu printed player tested documents, but mm -hmm. wasn't quite there. Um, there's a lot of ways to tweak this game engine, and there's a finite limit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've reached it yet, but I'm sure close because there's just not a whole lot left that we can tweak the rules with. So since you have a, a fast light system, 
Um, what I could not do is come up with a whole ton of martial arts maneuvers. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I get constantly inspired by techniques and things that I see yeah. in the movies and stuff. And I wanted the players to bring that same energy with them uh, and be rewarded for it. So instead, what I did is I used the techniques to be more like um, names for how uh, a game of game effect, you okay. know, like a wrist lock could be done many, many different ways in the martial arts, um, in true, real martial arts, but it's a wrist lock. So how is that defined is up to the player in the game and the, and the game master if they want to work together. And what it's called, more importantly, that's completely up to the player. Okay, I see. So, so, so it could, the same thing could, could theoretically be many different styles depending exactly. upon... Exactly. Okay. And that then gives the players uh, 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 narrative freedom to come up with what they want. Um, we also then don't get bogged down into techniques that aren't doing something different. Yeah. You know, as far as when, when someone's purchasing them. So there's, you know, there's a limited number, like I said, a limited number of ways of manipulating this game system of which I think we've done a good job. And then, you know, you, you on the technical aspect of game design, you start with your spreadsheets and your statistics and you figure out how many of these techniques should be used more than once in the different styles, and then you work on coming up with uh, uh, um, different styles. And one of the things that I've heard, which has been really nice, uh, since people have started uh, reporting and commenting on the game now that it's out there, is that uh, there's a big list of Kung Fu styles and they all feel different, which is exactly what we are going for. Okay, you know? okay. Um, and yet, you can you can be sitting at dinner and, and think up of a new technique name and what it looks like, and then look and see if any of those techniques would match that you have, and then just use it at the game and be rewarded for it. There's an actual game mechanic in there that if you shout out the name of your technique when you're rolling, you get a you get a bonus to, like, to using it. I like and that. You get one of one of those on your turn, so you might mm. take you know three four actions if you're a, a higher level character. But yeah, so you get rewarded for it. Again, we're trying to push the genre and get people to to go for it that's a good way to do it though because that's that's the kind of way that gets people involved it's not yeah, it's not punitive it's do you know what i mean it's it, yeah um it's engaging now what and, oh go ahead go ahead oh i was gonna say and you know it's pretty rare when the whole team you know of players everyone just goes that eh, you, you need to come up with a different name that just didn't really do it you know that doesn't happen very often you know most of the time people are like oh that's so cool and so people try and outdo each other with their cool names so they'll your 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 characters aren't going to have huge handfuls of techniques mm -hmm. these are they're just going to be a, a, a few so you'll have time to kind of think up what they look like and then what you want to call them and stuff. okay no that's yeah. that's good you I've I've even been moving away. I mean, obviously, I'm, com you know, complex series of techniques is fine with me. But I've been increasingly moving towards simpler styles of running games like this, um, because I feel like it, it's it can I don't know it can it can help you capture the feel of one of these movies with more ease if you're not as bogged down and well and and, and that that was where I was at. You know, mm -hmm. I'm an older gamer. I have older gamers, and we are not into the crunch that we used to have. Had yeah. we, we would we would not be doing it this way, but mm. we are. And since our game engine moves so fast, so does all the other stuff mm. have to happen fast. Um, and uh, so, if there's, you know, a, a limited number, but but useful kinds of things that actually mechanically make a difference, that's that's what we wanted. So, um, it sounds yeah. very tight. That's how it sounds to me. It sounds like a very tight system. 
it's it's I'm extremely happy with it. We play tested the heck out of this thing. I mean, I've worked on this for many years. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the, the posts on it. I was like, is this thing even going to come out? Like, it seems like because because after a while, sometimes it just becomes like a pet project that person noodles at but yeah. never actually releases but i was glad yeah. to see that it actually came out and that that was thank you because of pr- playtesting you know which is the thank best you. reason to to not release something right away well so. and i can say that that i mean i don't even know that that streaming services were all that popular when i first started this to tell you the truth and there's certainly um i mean uh, i've watched you uh do a phenomenal job of of really trying to bring the wuxia and role-playing games uh communities together with your work on MeWe and G Plus before then, and your uh, um, G Plus was a big hit to the Wuxia oh, community. That, that going so away was I, I miss uh, it so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so it, it's changed over time, but we were playing the heck out of it, play hmm. testing, play testing, play testing, and because this was my own project and I'm not hired to do that, I could afford the time, hmm. uh, and then. When I was ready, then I approached DW and I said, "Remember that project I mentioned a long time ago?" They're like, "Sure." I said, "Well, here you go," and they loved it. And uh, Bill especially did a phenomenal job with uh, his his layout foo. I call it. Yeah, the, the layout is very nice. I'm very oh, man. And then the artist that we got, Eric Quigley, for the cover did a great job. And then we ended up with um, Daniel uh, Garcia did the interior art, and he nailed it. And, uh, he watched a lot of Wuxia while he was doing it too. That's which is important. Even better. That's important. Yeah, I, I sometimes like I've sent DVDs to artists and stuff like oh, that. Just to, I believe it. Yeah, it's well because you don't. It's it's one of these things you want to get. You want to get it right. You know. The now now you you had said you you how many years do you think you were playtesting this for? Would you guess? Oh boy. Um, I would say hardcore playtesting probably. Uh, you know, bef- by the time we. I would say riveted down the main components of it. I would mm-hmm. say a good solid four years. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Now yeah. the reason I ask is because one thing I noticed is from the day that I put out my Wusha game to like a year later, uh, things had evolved so much online. Like you said, with streaming services yes. and awareness of the genre. I'm curious. Yes. Did you see a norm? Like, did that? Number one, did it benefit you to see that bet that? evolution over the four years yes but is it oh go Um, ahead one was your work with the community again i I can't thank you enough for what you've done for people and fans of wuxia i mean your openness to interview me you know making another role-playing game you know uh is there room for more wuxia role-playing games well there's a lot of stories to be told and different ways of telling them i i think so you think so yeah i I think the more the better with this i think we need more people that early on and I, i took that to heart and uh well, uh, a big thing with streaming services is now I can watch um, Wuxia novels made into TV series. And here is where this is this is a game master and player treasure trove of ideas. Yeah. Here's where you get your villain and your and your character arcs and your long term stories, and where you constantly get reminded that yes, dungeons are a part of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a, it, there the the. the the television series are, I think, a really valuable tool. Oh, they're the... so good. And I find myself, that's kind of all. I mean, uh, I finished up um, uh, Sword Dynasty uh, a month and a half ago. Then uh, my wife and I watched uh, Handsome Siblings on Netflix. That was another, I don't know, 
40, 50 episodes, and now we're watching Evernight, you know, and it just, it doesn't end. However, I have enough friends that love these, but have been tormented by sometimes horrible endings that now they wait until we finish mm-hmm. before we recommend them. Because as you know, sometimes things happen and a story just has to stop. The, and that could be brutal. The first the first uh, TV series like that I saw was Return of Condor Heroes, which number one is in the middle. It's the middle story. Yes. But number yes. two, I, I remember I sat down and I, I had never seen like a 50 episode series i mean i've seen like sitcoms that have 50 episodes and shows that you don't you don't have to watch every episode that are that long or maybe maybe something like uh you know some ongoing series that that i invested time in that got close to like 25 episodes but i remember thinking like can this really be 50 episodes and i didn't i it seemed daunting but then you're three episodes in and you can't stop it's it just grips you Um, yeah no commercials. Yes. Well, I was watching a lot of them on Vicky, so I had to. Oh. I had to watch uh, okay. a lot, a lot of the commercials there. But yeah, the, otherwise you can definitely avoid the commercials. Yeah, and, and, and Vicky has improved a lot now with a with a with a small fee now for a year. You're pretty much free of the commercial, except right at the recap at the beginning. Okay. And it's often ten times as loud as the rest of the show. Well, and it looks like these shows are becoming much more readily available, anyways, on the different platforms. So. Yeah, and and so it, it makes it easier too when when you can make a recommendation to some friends that may have never seen this before, and they're like, "Goodness, this is this is really good," and I've got some ideas for a character I want to play. Oh, do you? All right, bring it. Yeah, I mean, uh, even even if you're not doing a Wuxia campaign, honestly, if you're playing D and D, even that yeah. it would benefit that kind of campaign too because of the material Absolutely. that's in them. Um, Absolutely. Now, what about chi? How did you address chi in this? Because there is a big section on that. And yeah, um, chi was one of those things that I think we had several different systems. I say we; it's me, really. But you know that I'm talking about all the the comments from from playtesters and stuff too. It, that's all part of what goes into it. And um, uh, we had one. We had some game mechanics that we wanted to use with it, and we knew that. We wanted some abilities to be more specialized for those uh, I call them mystics in this game, but the you're the people who meditate a lot. Yeah. You know the the ones who are in tune with the harmonies of the universe, more thing. Um, and then there is the great debate in martial arts of hard styles versus soft styles, internal versus external. And so, uh, at, at the end of the day, everything ends up being the same at the masters. You know. Yeah. So that's the tact that we went is. Uh, uh, we provided chi abilities that anybody could use, and I even go into a little bit on NPCs and say, well, they, you know, they have some latent chi, but they can't tap into it, mm-hmm. and if that ever gets disrupted, it can be very dangerous for them, you know. And here's some things you can play with that. But yeah, there's things that everybody can do. Um, this is a, a, I should, to tie in with what you're asking about chi. This game uses a set of skills that are sort of you could describe them as careers. They're mm-hmm. not really classes. And you mix and match them the way you want when you're and, building your character. And that's how you uh, gain your skills, right? Your skills are that's, set by that? Is that... Yep. And, and so you just select those skills. Like a skill is alchemist or mm-hmm. a skill is diviner or warrior. Um, and then uh, as you put levels into those different skills, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're building your character as you go along. And there's going to be things, there's going to be chi that you can use even if mm-hmm. you're not a warrior. And then there's, depending on if you're a, a kung fu artist of a, internal or external style you're going to have different chi abilities that are available to you at first but as you get higher and higher ranks 
uh, that'll cross over and then you can do all the stuff. And it's, it's a, is it a little bit like taking levels in like D20? Is it that kind of a thing or? Um, well, uh, when you take a level in a skill, it's going to jump up at 10% uh-huh. uh, in its ability. And sometimes, depending on if there's special abilities associated with that skill, those might also be able to be tweaked. Okay, okay. So, yeah, because it, uh, it, it looked very warrior, interesting to me when I saw that. I thought that, that was intriguing. Um, I find people find it real intuitive. And, and if they're like, oh, I took a new level in Warrior, oh, I get to pick a new Kung Fu technique. Yeah. You know, And that was one, too, that... You know, you, you go through several versions of, well, some of these techniques are a little bit better than others, and they should be the apex powers and stuff. But at the end of the day, what we found that players loved the most was being able to learn what they want to learn, when they want to learn it. Mm-hmm. And it also fits in with Wuxia stories. I mean, the heroes do all kinds of stuff and shortcut things and get the techniques and stuff that they need. It's, 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 it's always... It's always a tricky thing because I find like if you shave too much of the rough edges off of the ba- you know the balance issue, yeah, you can you can make it can get dull for the players you know because they want right. that you know and uh, you know and there 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 are different so like in terms of I don't know what language to use here but like power disparity how much did you allow for that how much did you try to contain that because it with Wuxia that seems like something that you you sort of make a decision about and then you just kind of go with whatever. Yeah. You, yeah, well, by combining uh, the numbers of levels of different skills and how many of them and your attributes scores themselves, your mm-hmm. strength and your uh, willpower and things like that, a measure of all those things together gives you an overall rank. Mm-hmm. And the D00 light system supports seven ranks. Now, there's a great big jump between one and two. And there's a big jump between two and three. And yet there's also a lot of room in there. So a level three might be more powerful than a level than a rank I'm sorry than a rank four uh, depending on what they've chosen and what the circumstances okay. are and stuff like that too so it's 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 softer it's softer borders mm-hmm. um, uh, I've been in talks with the publisher I think if I'm to do another version of this many years from now um, and there we're, we'd be looking at something like 10 ranks uh, okay. to have an even larger range but right now I mean uh, 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 rank one characters when you start out in the game uh, for people who play D&D they're going to feel like a third level character with the stuff they can do they're okay. going to feel fairly competent and they can beat up a bunch of bad guys that are mooks you know uh, the common table term and uh, um, you know whereas uh, uh, someone who's rank four or five can can clean house you know um so, so there is there is quite a range between the between the characters, um, uh, as far as uh, and that helps with villains and stuff like that too. Yeah, no, I, I I think I think that that works great in this kind of a setting. So, and and uh, and like you said, with villains in particular, um, what about I'm, I'm looking at alchemy right now. What? Yeah. How did you approach alchemy? Because that is something that's very different in this kind of a setting, and you know you it. I found that I found that one of the more challenging things when I did it in my own systems. I'm curious. It, how it, was, it was very challenging. We went through a couple of iterations of that too before mm-hmm. we finally pared it down to just a few um, core concepts that would, are very gameable. Mm-hmm. We it was too easy to make it simulationist. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when I say easy, I mean to create lots of charts and additions and uh, costs and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day. You're like, well, this is too hard to figure out on the fly. 
You know, I'm an alchemist. I want to make some healing pills for my team. Mm -hmm. I want to make the, I want to make, uh, 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 you know, like a, a character like number 10 Ox, I want to make him even stronger. Okay. <laughs> Stuff like that. So we went, uh, uh, we ended up, um, it's kind of funny because you, you know this in developing, you, you develop, 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 and then sometimes you have to come back around to your design goals and stuff. And uh, I started every single writing session by reading my design goals. And uh, the alchemy uh, ended up tweaking the alchemy types to work a lot like spells uh, as far as their ease of use, ease of, of applicability. And, you know, uh, the person, we found that the people playing the alchemist could uh, figure out right away what they could do and how long it was going to take them to do it. It's okay. not an instant thing. It is something that you want to prepare ahead of time. Uh, but it can be an instant thing as far as, you know, trying to find an antidote for somebody who just got poisoned, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, it, lo it looks, it, again, a lot of this looks really sleek, but, the you know, this looks very, very well Thanks. done. Um, cool. Now, what I won't show you the first versions. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always that. There's always, I mean, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's part of, that's part of making making a game is you know you gotta go when i when i first made mine you know if i if i showed people the original material it would be awful do you know uh -huh. just because you gotta uh -huh. you gotta make that stuff um were there were there any are there any parts of the game that you want to specifically talk about just so we don't lose track of well i think um something uh well yes we have a bunch of creatures in there pulled from myth and legends that's if if people want to go that direction um i guess uh i want to point out that um well at the beginning, like I was talking about the core concept of this game, I can teach it in like three minutes. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot there for character development. This supports long-term play. It's an easy game to get into, but there's really a lot of meat there as far as stuff that you can do and change and work with. To that end, um, there's a lot of tools for the GM, too. Uh, bad guys are not made like characters. All the, the extra information for characters, that's for mm -hmm. players to develop and be okay. able to play with. We don't need those same widgets for the GM, you know. So uh, so how does GM the GM make to... bad guys? Um, well, uh, what you're going to do is decide how tough you want them to be. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to look at a chart, and that's going to give you uh, the basics. And then you can easily flesh them out in maybe a minute or two. Okay. Uh, as far as their, their, their abilities and how they're going to stand up to the players. Um, there, there's three different kinds of enemies, uh, or three basic types of villains, besides creatures, which I don't emphasize in the book, even though there's like almost 60 of them. Uh, I think there's even there's guidance in there for the GM not to use creatures unless there's a really good reason to, because this is Wuxia, and you just don't, you know, you don't do it in a in a more traditional fantasy kind of way. There has to be a reason for the creature to be there, a very good reason, and it has to involve a villain in mm -hmm. some way, you know, or a mistake, an oops, you know. Okay. Um, but the villains come in uh, three different uh, basic strengths. So there is the basic mook, which your characters can take on hordes. I mean, I, I have many, many paper minis that I have stacked in uh, containers, and when I start putting them out, and people are like, okay, you're at two dozen, you can stop now, <laughs> you know. Uh, and and I... I I think it's important and the the book says you know the gm should tell the players obviously these are mooks you know because they're going to approach those fights differently okay and then okay. there are your standard minor npcs or villains these are the ones that have names and the strange um you know uh, uh something about them stands out you know maybe they've got that mole with the hair 
on the side of the face mm. that they're always touching or they have some kind of mannerism like they wear nice clothes and set up a fine dinner for the person they're about to fight and but there's only one table setting because it's for the victor you know stuff like <laughs> <Okay>. that <laughs> uh and these guys have uh guys and gals have um uh, uh larger uh, stat blocks but again are easy to create and it's more fun for the gm than anything else because you can focus on what kinds of, of skills and spells they have and techniques and that's really the meat of them and you can scale those to fit what you want in the players and then you had a question oh no i was just gonna say that that seems a really good way to do it because like wuxia is one of the things you notice right away if you run a wuxia campaign is just the number of npcs that end up <laughs> appearing magically for you know just as, as things yes. happen and that's actually like even though like in my own system and npc creation was much more laborious but i ended up using a shorthand system that was sort of similar to like not like not the same but but a similar approach because yeah. just in the battle in the sort of the the you know the the crucible of a campaign yeah. that's what really uh yeah. i think works the best is that. Yeah, one gaming season, and I've created 63 bad guys that they've beat up, and it's like, this is killing me. I have to yeah. find a different way, you know, so I did. And then we have Master Villains. Which, they're I was not, just looking at the Master Villains. They're villain. not fair at all. Not even close. They're not made to be. These are the ones that are just like from the movies. It's going to take the entire team to face them, mm -hmm. and probably some intelligence work, probably some research, probably facing the villain down, getting humiliated mm -hmm. and then having to go and find out how to beat this person you know that's um, a that's a really good way to handle this and that you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of ravenloft and how they used to handle not just the dark lords but a lot of the big bads in the setting the monsters that's how they did it if you faced a vampire in ravenloft it wasn't just the monster manual vampire it was sure. a unique vampire and there would always be some key to defeating them that you would you could find through something like research or you know you know uh investigating their background or you know something right. like that and that and, seems really cool well i also know that it's going to be a, a kind of a, a contention point with some players because they want things modeled fairly mm -hmm. between all stuff and i flat out in the book say they're not fair they're not made to be i mean you watch these movies and you know they, they were never fair you yeah. know they they wiped the floor with all of the the heroes until the heroes find that thing that item or that knowledge that they need to be able to defeat them and so the uh, master villains also come with uh some uh tiered abilities uh that they get to pick one and that kind of defines their uniqueness okay um, and then also there's the counter for it uh is listed there too so that the gms have a ready-made kind of thing Okay, okay. And and what is there something mechanically that makes them difficult to to deal with versus regular characters yeah, in the there's, game? Yeah, there's there's several sliders the GM can use. Mm -hmm. Um one is their skills levels is so high mm -hmm. uh that they can take quite a few actions. That's bad. They also have a ridiculous number of body points compared to the other characters. That's your health bar essentially. They have a great big health bar. So, okay. you know, like in a video game, you know, <laughs> And so it it affords the the uh, uh, well you remember Lole uh, um, uh, 
the uh, the white-haired devil as he just takes blow after blow, you know, and laughs and scoffs at the at the heroes until he until it's his turn. Um, you're some and of the master villains can do that. Yeah. In one of the movies, it takes two generations to even defeat yeah. them, right? So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully, people. Well, you know. More problem to if a group of characters and players at, at GM want to do that, they could they could definitely pull that off, you know. <laughs> what I gotta say too is I really like the layout of this master villain section that you have. Um, oh, the well, you have like first off, you have these example NPCs that are, I don't know the the way that you've they're 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 really concise. So I feel like I could I could run this very easily live during play. But the art is is really nice too. It's just like it's like really sharp black and white art, and the characterization is is right on target for the genre. Um, yeah, he, uh, Daniel just nailed those, and he it's like he took their images right out of my brain. I mean, I supplied him with some pictures of 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 you know famous characters from you know Hong Kong movie databases, mm. and it kind of looks like this. But here's the one where I want to go. And then he'd kick these pieces of art back and be like, well, you pulled that right on my brain again. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, but yeah, wanted to make them so that... Uh, I want the book to be uh, not just a toolkit for the players in the GM, but also to inspire them. And, you know, you see some NPCs, you're like, oh, I'm, I, I, each of those short descriptions should give you an idea for an adventure, you know, because that's what they're made for. Um, yeah. And, or give you ideas for making your own, you know. Ting Bo and Ting B. Uh, the the ghost twins, um, you know, they're uh, two uh, female uh, martial artist villains who wear all white, and they have uh, a twin Dao uh, that uh, they're the type of uh, the, the curved sword that has the two flat handles they fit together. So they're fighting with one Dao, and then they both split, and now they're both fighting two handed. Okay, it can be it that... can be a oh my. <laughs> that's and, that's uh, very inventive. That's very. That that's the kind of stuff that you want to see in a game modeled after Wuxia, um, and also yeah, I like in the uh, is it was last uh, last laugh Yulan, you know, yeah. kind of got like one of those like uh, lady hermit type hats going on. Yes, yes, um, and, and if you read her uh, her techniques are are just vicious. I mean, I'll snipe and try and get the jump on someone and circle around later to see how she did, and if yeah. not, just set up the next one. It's like the sniper that just will never ever go away. <laughs> and so now, what about the creatures? Because you had mentioned them. Now they're they're apparently optional, right? Like, or or they're just not emphasized. What was that? Um, it's it's there. It's just uh, I think when you're developing adventures, you shouldn't stock a dungeon with them. Mm, okay. You, know, you okay. should think up really good reasons for having the creatures there. And with the sort of the history mythology, there's reasons for ghosts and demons to be in there. And then you've got some just natural animals for encounters and stuff like that out there. Okay. But really, the focus should always be on other human adversaries as your as your main adversary if there is a if there's some demon guarding a tomb well someone put them there you know and okay. there was some reason for it uh so yeah but um yeah the t the there's such a rich and you've you've researched this too there's such a rich history and and mythology to pull from and uh um, and it's challenging too to get the information sometimes because it is uh you know, I've got several mythology books, and you look up the same thing in all of them, and it's different. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Uh, so you go with you go with uh, you try and honor the the history and mythology that it's coming from, 
and then you also look for those uh, niches that you haven't filled yet and uh, uh, apply them. Now, you got my favorites in here. You got the hopping vampires, which I, I love. <laughs> I, I love, you know, I maybe overuse them, but I'm curious, how did you, how did you approach the hopping vampire? What was, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, because I kept seeing that hopping vampires were really based on two different things. One was uh, sort of an animated corpse that was being used to move from here to the burial place or whatever. And you have, you know, you had your, essentially your morticians with the bells to keep spirits away and bring these corpses where they needed to go. But then you also have the actual uh, supernatural being. So we've got both in here. We've got the hopping vampire that's an animated one, and then we've got the ones that are actually, uh, well, let's say those um, those guardian uh, um, strips of paper didn't quite work. Okay, so that's the, the hopping corpse would more. be the, the, yeah. the, the fir first one. And the hopping vampire is the, the more menacing, uh, yes. option. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we went with both, and and you know for, for game masters you can have a lot of fun with that because the players once they learn one they're going to think okay well we got this we know this and then you run into one of the intelligent ones. Okay. Oh, game changer. Whoa. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean it's funny because you see it's 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 you say it like it's an afterthought, but this is a pretty deep creature section, so, it's yeah. It, 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 there's a lot of options here and the yeah, art it, i have to say the art is gorgeous here it too is. it is i i want to see uh daniel's stuff out there even more he's just just terrific great professional person to work with and he just got it uh his mandate was we wanted to show a variety of men and women heroes mm -hmm. and men and women villains and we wanted um them to be portrayed uh respectfully and it's got to have that wuxia thing, and if you can, make it tell a story. Well, you know, try and find a picture that doesn't say something, you know, that he did. It's, uh, I find, uh, um, you know, just look at the water ghost on page 123. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that, that is a good You, you want to use it in your game, you know? <laughs> no, these, these are all good. The, these, these monster illustrations are, are fabulous. Um, I quite, I quite like them. Um, yeah. And I like the style. I like the the darks in these images. It's re it's like pitch. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a yeah. Um, we we wanted to go with the like the traditional line work uh, etchings that you'd see in like a wuxia novel. Mm -hmm. um, but then he did it with this gradation and these inks, and it's it just took it to another level. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks yeah. really good. Um, now, why don't we get into um, you know everybody has a you know obviously it's a mandatory chapter the gm chapter the how to run wuxia chapter i'm curious exactly. how you approach that because that that's a that's a hard one to do uh it's, yeah you know? it's it's as important of what you put in there and what you don't hmm. you know um uh a lot of people said well you don't have anything about face or honor in there i hmm. said well you give me 60 pages and i'll come up with you know, an education on this thing. This is hard concepts to get. Yeah. And so I'm going to go with the ones that we can understand more. And I might not talk about face, but I might talk about embarrassment, mm -hmm. you know, and that's going to be listed in like uh, the GM goes through a checklist at the end of the game, not only to uh, help award what we call cultivation points or experience points, um, but also, uh, you know, did, did someone get mad? 
Does someone get embarrassed? Is someone inconvenienced? And what lengths are they going to go to take revenge on you or make an issue of it? You know, so it's circumstantial uh, throughout. You know, we started with uh, you know, uh, fame points and things like that and found out that it was much, much better just to use it circumstantially. Okay. You know, because with mechanics, sometimes you can end up with a character that's got a bunch of fame points but doesn't want to be recognized because they've spent yeah. their whole life trying not to be. And so we wanted to, again, to put that in the hands of the players and the GMs to do with as they saw fit. Yeah. You... But yeah, you got to have your. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You got to have uh, romance. We've got a, a thing on romance on how to deal with that, revenge, and then injuries. Um, there, there are times, rare times in the game where, well, if you're attacked with a critical success, you have to defend with a critical success. And sometimes players have thought it worth it. And sometimes that doesn't work out and they get a crit failure. So when that happens, they get a permanent injury. It's rare, but it can happen. But this section, uh, fully, obviously inspired by Crippled Avengers and, yeah. and the whole Crippled uh, 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 Wuxia or Kung Fu genre, there are ways of over, overcoming them. Yes, yeah. And it takes some time and some cultivation or experience. And then you can be, you're, you're never going to be leaving the game, but you could be disadvantaged for a while and eventually work past that. And um, I, wanted to, I wanted to gamify that so that it could happen and that you could work your way out of it. Okay, yeah, that's that's how I like to approach that. I think that that is um, number one. That's that's a big part of the genre, you know. That the, you know, you know, like you said, Crippled Avengers, One Armed Swordsman, any yeah. number of others where people, you know, even Return of Condor Heroes, you know, mm -hmm. you know, spoilers, he loses his arm midway through, you know, <laughs> um, which which again, that to me, that's something that sort of sets this kind of genre apart is that that, that it would that you would get to that midway through the story is what uh really yeah. you know when you when you when you're fully invested in the guy having both arms attached but uh but i like i like this i like that you know now is there is there a mechanical effect initially if like i if my character loses yes. an arm what's the what, is there there's like penalties and that's yeah sort of thing? yeah we've got um uh it's based it's based on the the actual critical failure role that you rolled at the time you did it okay so um, so like you were, you were saying that you lost, uh, la, like, uh, uh, let's say you had rolled an 88 and lost a, a one arm or hand, mm -hmm. you just cannot use, uh, two handed weapons and you've got a, a, a subtraction or a penalty to your decks. Okay. From okay. The balance thing. And then, uh, but then over time I can sort of balance that out through. Yep. You can, work. uh, you can, you can make it so that you've learned how to compensate for your balance and no longer suffer the penalty. And while you still can't do things that require two arms, you can overcome that with, uh, uh, in this case, four months training and eight okay. cultivation points. <laughs> okay. No, that's that's. So that's... we've actually built in the way back, out of that, and that can be stories too that you do. Okay. Yeah, I like I like the, the section that you have here on, on the you know crippled Avenger, and it that that, that's pretty well. Well structured, it looks like. Um, yeah, it, it, it surprisingly didn't take up a lot of room in the game. You know, once once we played with it and got it, it's like, mm -hmm. well, this stuff can happen. <clears throat> you know, I'm sure. You know, it's a it's it's another one of those things that if a, if a player is like, well, I don't want to play this character anymore. Obviously, they would work with their GM to to you know to create a new character or do whatever. But if they want to work through it, we've got a method for that. Okay. By yeah, the way, so that, that they, 
Oh, go ahead. I, I don't go, want to go. interrupt you. I just <laughs> wanted to say that there's a way that they can they can they can go past that and actually you know even more jump into the genre. You know, the the picture on one thirty four encapsulates one of the it, it, there's just something about that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was another one that I sent that to Daniel, and I described, uh, I said, a, a couple of adventurers going through a trap-filled hallway, uh, a la Indiana Jones, but much, much worse. And, yeah, <laughs> he did That's, it, you know. The, tra- the traps in Wuxia are brutal. Like, they're just, they, 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 some, some of them are are designed to work all the way. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's, yes. So, I, I really like that image. Um, yeah. So... So let, let's see here. What about, um, uh, like, I don't know, like, was there anything that you, you, you specifically avoided when you made this? Like, was there um, something you didn't want the game to have that maybe people well, thought it should have, but you didn't yeah. want? Well, okay. First of all, um, uh, I want to make this a gateway to this storytelling genre because I just think it's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't want to misrepresent real history mm-hmm. and real religions and things like that so so well yeah you could equate some of the organizations and some of these uh, philosophies or belief systems to real world ones they're simplified they're gamified yeah you know they're, they're made to be used at the gaming table and maybe spark a conversation but they're not really designed to do more than that whereas i wasn't really comfortable with saying well you know here in two paragraphs is Taoism. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I just I wasn't so I stayed away from that. Um, uh, while I you know I've got things in there for secret techniques and um, some people call them hidden weapons. I like to call them weapons of ingenious design and things like that. Um, uh, face is is again just such a huge topic and I didn't feel that a rules light game and what I was trying to do could do it justice. Mm-hmm. So instead I talk about embarrassment and revenge and okay. that kind of thing. Um, and uh, as far as honor, um, okay, so some scholars, you can make the argument that the stories from, you know, samurai Japan are, are wuxia. Um, I tended, I wanted to keep this fully in the, in the, Chinese version of the stories mm-hmm. um, because I didn't feel that that gets enough attention uh, and it's so rich and it's different and if I slapped some rules down for honor I think it would get used so much like the samurai stories yeah. you, you agree okay yeah I agree um, with that I agree yeah with that. and and it just felt like such a pitfall and I thought you know what let's instead talk about people's pride let's instead talk about family obligation and obligation to uh, society obligation to your vows that you make along the way, and that will cover it with the same results, uh, and and it won't it won't muddy the the waters. So, those those were a couple of things that I that I steered away from. Okay. Yeah. okay. Now, yeah. what what about um, you know, because you, you you spoke a little bit about some of the, you know, campaign elements and stuff, but I'm curious, what is your like, how would you describe your play style? Like, what what play Ooh. style would and, and is that informing the game, or is the game broader than your own play style? Yeah, um, I've in play testing, I've run several different game styles and campaigns mm-hmm. uh, so to do it. So, uh, one of the things that that uh, I see is when people 
make a a, a, a niche uh, role-playing game is people like, well, that's pretty cool, but what do I do with it? So I provided some uh, campaign starters um, and just based on the names, they'll kind of tell you what, what they're about there. And I think you were seeing that, but um, so like uh, lieutenants of the magistrate, if you want to have a really structured type campaign where the players are being sent on missions and are being told, you know, here, you have this backing, this is what your pay is going to be, this is your authority level, you're going to work your way up the ranks, and by the way, there's a murder mystery or something happened, go mm -hmm. figure it out. And because the, the players can be the lieutenants of the magistrate, they can, um, uh, they can be players, mm -hmm. you know, they can, they can do what they want to do, and then based on how they treat the public and informants and victims and perpetrators, they'll build their reputation and then, you know, the campaign will start to write itself. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of ways of doing it. So, so what I did is just wrote down the main kinds of things which you could mix or match. But uh, so along with that, there's the members of the same kung fu school, kung fu school classic material there. Tales of the Strange. Um, you know, we both read the same uh, Fu Songling's book, and yeah. uh, and uh, uh, I just I just love it that that people are using him as a character. What a great idea! Uh, mm -hmm. I just I gotta you know commend you on, on your work on that. Just 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 great. And then and then we got to see Jackie Chan play Fu Songling and recently, in, very recently, recently, yeah. very yeah. And it's like wait, wait, he's the author of this. Okay, this that's pretty cool, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, and then just uh, straight up treasure hunters, wandering uh, heroes, and wronged by the same villain. And there's actually a little story about wandering heroes. Jia, Jia. I use the term in the in the book throughout, and uh, in my talks with uh, 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 Albert Dahlia, he's like, you know, it's time. You know, people have samurai, people have gunslinger. You know, they have warlock, they have knight. Now, do, do you use the Chinese or do you use wandering heroes as the the general? Um, I use uh, XIA. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. And then okay. and then uh put uh information in the glossary on the back on on what it is and you know the approximate way how to say it that kind okay. of thing. And just flat out just go for it. Okay. Sometimes I do say wandering hero, but it's rare. Um uh pretty it, rare. We've come it's funny how far we've come from knight errant was the right. The, that was the term like I think even when I was working in Ogate that like I like in like my introduction, I don't think I used the term "wandering hero" or anything like that because we didn't want to get too far from that land. But it's gone; it's moved right. so quickly, um, and I think it's better because it's more like knight errant never really captured it what it meant. But it was yeah, it's what we had at the time, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's sort of like you know, if that's the term, that's the term. But like you know. It, when you the moment you say knight, you immediately picture somebody yep. in armor, and that's the yep. problem with that word. And, um, and truthfully, every time I saw the term knight errant, I had to go look it up. Mm. It well, yeah, it's, it's, wasn't it's, something that was. It's a weird term too. Like knight errant doesn't. It, it it's 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 an, it's an odd phrasing, you know. Like, uh, uh, you know, like it is. It, it, so 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 it's it's doubly confusing for that reason, you know. But uh, yeah. but yeah, no, I think I think using Sha is a good. That's a good move because, um, well, uh, well, number one, do you define it when it first appears, or you just go, you just it, straight out? I use define it, it uh, and how to say it right when it first appears. Mm -hmm. And there's a reminder just a page later, and then it's mm -hmm. also in the glossary in the back. And okay. then Otherwise, it's just used throughout as if you know what it is. Okay. So okay. in 
Um, and if you don't, then you know it's it's the era of looking things up yeah. online. That that's you know? that's a realization I had, which was you don't have to <laughs> describe everything now because people will just Google it, and so you know, provided Google doesn't crash and burn and yeah online searches aren't a thing anymore you can trust people to actually go look something up if they need to um, i i had started uh writing up every piece of equipment and armor and weapons and mm -hmm. it's like this is madness this is there's so much there and there's so many variations and uh you know just like a, a, a the best uh um uh birding books don't use photographs they use paintings because it's an yeah. amalgamum of what's there so you know when we say gin it really is a large range of things yeah. that we're talking about and uh i had someone recently just say you know what would have been nice is to have all this stuff described because i had to go look up what mountain armor is i said well, what did you learn oh my goodness it was so cool we don't even know today how they made that stuff and, <laughs> <laughs> and i was like Great, the mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, it, now, that could sound like I'm being really lazy about this stuff, but this is a rules light game, and again, it's a doorway into this other stuff. And I, I, I've got what I think people need, but if they want to know more, it's I already know it's at their fingertips. Well, the other, the other thing too is uh, with this stuff because it's excel, like the translation stuff is moving so quickly and all that. Yeah. When you write something and you just say, okay, I'm going to do a description of what this is. So a lot of this stuff is on the cusp of being out of date by the time you even put it out. And so sometimes it's better to just say, okay, let people do their own yeah. online yeah. search. What happens, what happens if we find a new design of mountain armor and it's not called mountain armor anymore yeah. and it's the best out there? You know, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, a, a, a buddy of mine was writing his sixth um, computer textbook recently and he wanted to put a picture of a tablet on there. I said, don't, don't, don't put a picture of the tech on there. He said, why? I said, because it's going to look old. Yeah. In just yeah. a year. You know, it's going to look super ancient. Don't do not do that. And um, you like know, like put, with Knight Errant, you know, it's that yeah. sort of thing, you know. Um, it, it, again, back to the mountain armor, it's it's in a category of several heavy armors mm -hmm. uh, that we, you know, that are there. So it's like you can, you can look up a few of these, decide what yours looks like on mm -hmm. you. So if you get that mini that you get made, you know, and printed out and, um, and it's the way you want, it's that's what it is you're good okay. to go I, again i wanted to empower the players at, at the table to describe the things the way they want and is this uh this is out in print now right like i know it's up at this drive is out in right? print now yeah we released it in pdf and print all on the at the same time okay and they're both available at drive through or is it separate locations yep, they're all available at drive through there's also you get a map there's uh, a free adventure mm -hmm. which is also available in print on demand uh, with a small cost you can get the map also print-on-demand with a small cost. And um, let's see, there's uh, reference documents, form fillable character sheets, the mm -hmm. whole works. Everything is is bundled in there. And coming in a week or so, we have some cards that are coming. Okay. Um, what, what Now, what are the cards going to be? So we've got uh, condition cards. So let's say your character gets dazed. Mm -hmm. The GM can just toss you a, a dazed card and you set it in front of your character sheet. Tells you okay. exactly what dazed is, what it means, and it's a reminder for the GM when, when they're looking at the table. They can say, "Oh, you know, that's over now," or "Yep, you're still dazed." Okay. Uh, okay. And there's many different ways that these conditions can occur, but they're just a nice shorthand. There's initiative cards. Uh, you can use dice. That's fine. Uh, but the cards are made so that, um, well, typically, if you have an initiative score of one or two or three, that's how many dice you're going to roll, and then pick the best one. Okay. With the cards, you're going to get that many number of cards and then stack them from highest to lowest. 
So you can just stack them and then put them in front of you. So rotate them to face the game master. Mm -hmm. And then the game master can see who's going first. And if there's any ties, they can resolve those and just keep the keep the action moving. Okay. Uh, and then the newest thing, which was, uh, which is just a huge amount of fun, are these destiny cards. And these, uh, what happens is, uh, let's say your character takes a, a critical failure. Maybe you've got some chi. Maybe you've got some other kind of trick that you could probably shrug it off. Mm -hmm. But instead, you're like, no, I'm doing well. I'm gonna hit me. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take the crit crit failure. Well, the GM then flips up the top card and drops it on the table. And it's a destiny card. And these are helpful things that the players can use at any time, as long as they spend chi to activate them. And they're all worth just one. And uh, so there's a whole lot of different uh, things, like um, uh, you evade your pursuers, or that fortress you've been trying to sneak into, you're in, and you're in an out-of-the-way corner somewhere. You know, so all that planning you don't need to do. You're just, you're there. Um, uh, oh, mystic weapon. Um, one of your weapons you choose uh, will now magically appear or disappear in your hand when you want. You know, okay. or uh, uh, um, uh, one of my favorites is called Well Actually, and it allows the players to narratively change their current circumstances somewhat. So, like, uh, well, actually, we didn't drink the poison tea. You know, we, we saw the, the, the servant. Uh, his hands were shaking, and mm. we confronted him and found out his family was being held by the master villain, so we just pretended to take the poison. Okay, okay. That's... <laughs> so these cards stay out there, and mm. uh, from game to game, uh, if you're running an ongoing campaign, you can just keep them up. Um, just uh, flip them the other direction on your deck, and each time the game starts, put the ones that were out back out again, and then at some point, when things are going really bad for the players, they're going to have just what they need to help, help get get by. So, okay. Yeah. Now, now, what about um, the the setting itself? Because you do provide a setting. Yes. Longji is that? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah, uh, Longji or Longji. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The the word uh, worked with a few translators on this, but the closest we can get it is it means several things. Uh, it means this is dragon place or here there be dragons okay that's the joke because okay. this is the place off the normal maps that people are used to here there be dragons and uh so um uh, uh it's a uh fantasy kung fu setting um again kind of thinking uh like your typical uh dnd type setting is sort of a mythological historical amalgamum of stories and stuff like that that's what this setting is mm -hmm. and it's based on all the different books and series and my own imagination and uh, lots and lots and lots of place names named after all of these famous uh, uh, heroes <laughs> and characters did you, you found I saw some? I saw lower Lie and I was, yes. I was <laughs> <laughs> thank you for getting that <laughs> I thought it's I... there for those who get it you know and if it's not that's okay but I, I needed to pay homage to all these incredible people you yeah, know there, there seems to be there, there's a lot of a lot of uh, what do they call them now um it's a word for it when they have what is it like, like an Easter egg. Easter egg, yeah. There's, there seem to be a lot of Easter eggs in the in yeah, the namings. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and if yeah, if you're watching really close when you're reading through the book, you'll know what, what probably what my favorite film of all time is. <laughs> but but you'll have to dig. There are I I haven't even counted how many references there are to it, but they're they're hidden. They're subtle. They're not they're not there to make you know to make you you. They're not there to to play a joke on you. That's just mm -hmm. it's the way I think, and and they're there. 
how did you how did you design the world like what was your approach here was it oh a... yeah that was uh that was kind of fun um so uh i think we talked about before my, my favorite previous career i did a lot of cartography and so i had designed just a beautiful world map and uh we were about uh a year away from uh starting the actual publishing process and i looked at it one day and i realized it was complete rubbish because it had the continental masses going along all the borders and like this inner sea and stuff and uh i realized well how are people going to drop that in their own campaign worlds you know okay <laughs> so so uh so i i went back to the drawing board and then uh, redid the the uh, uh outlines of the lands and then um i wanted to combine a lot of of uh potential story areas um with the places and the history, uh, and I wanted to make it open enough. Um, it's typical of uh, DWD Studios uh, products to create a broad brushstroke setting, mm -hmm. but we wanted to provide enough adventure hooks everywhere that you get ideas to run games there. Um, okay. Yeah. When the, when the final like poster size map came to my place, my players saw it. They're like, "Can we go here and here and here and it's here?" A, <laughs> it's a very nice looking map. Um, and the idea, and so the the idea of making it kind of like a it's almost like an island but the size of a continent it looks like well, there's two very large chinese symbols there let me see here my eyes aren't what they used to be so okay. i might just be you, you 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 might possibly see a, a dragon on the right side and you might possibly see a yin yang on the left side let me see here. oh that's what the the shape of the of the <laughs> island is Okay, let me see. Well, part of it is I'm looking at the divided thing, so I'm not oh, sure, quite sure. seeing it. Yep. I see the dragon. I see the dragon. Yep. Um, okay, now I see. Yep, okay. Uh, you got it? Yep. Yeah, I got it yep. now. So, yeah, started because uh, I wanted, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know it, 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 ancient Chinese legends, the world is square, and other kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I wanted to play with, with symbology um, mm -hmm. and also with the name of the place, you know. Here there be dragons. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh the uh, mountains of change um, being along the uh, yin yang divider and stuff. So this is getting into some okay. Like deep yeah, now I'm, yeah, that's becoming much more clear. <laughs> now, but is it is it an island so that people can drop it into an existing campaign? Was yeah, the, the idea, idea is you've got a couple of continents there with their own uh, politics and history and everything going on. Uh, I know some GMs are going to have a lot of trouble convincing their players to just start in Wuxia. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I provided even some rules for uh, if, if people have been playing in other fantasy settings or especially like bare bones fantasy, here's some rules tweaks that you can do to bring your characters here if you want to mm -hmm. test the waters first, see how people like it, stuff like that. Okay. Um, so, but I wanted to make it as easy as possible. It, it um, is a very and, evocative map, for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. uh, used a lot of uh, tricks to try and draw the eye and lots of... Uh, places to try and make things interesting and um, and yet provide brief descriptors without telling you 100% this is what this is. That's, I'm much okay. more of the, oh, here's what this is like. And then you can tailor it and tweak it to what you want, or especially if what you need, you know. Um, like when I talk about factions and stuff, I might mention where some of their headquarters are, but I'm not going to tell you everywhere they are because you're going to be in some different place in the game world and you want to be able to use the the um you know the wodan and you want them to have a, a temple here well then place a temple there you're free to do that 
I'm not going to tell you where those are at because um, it whatever I tell you to do isn't going to be right for your game and your gamers. Yeah. But I'll give you the tools and you can plunk, plunk them down where you want them to be. And and it looks like you do have a pretty good uh, selection of sex in this setting too. Um, I'm just looking at the uh, is it the Sage Mantis sect and. Oh, you zeroed in on one of my favorites. I I haven't been able to do enough with those yet, but yes, yeah, I've I've been very intrigued by them. Now I I make it sound like like I know them and I hear about them, but that's kind of what happens. You you get sucked into the world you've been creating for so long, you just sort of see it, you know. (laughs) No, I I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. Now, how how did you go about making the sex? Were you, uh, you know, like did you? Were you trying to go after specific things that were in the movies, or were you thinking more in terms of, you know, the world that you were creating? I, I started with uh, I, I started with what I thought players might want to try, mm-hmm. and so I went with iconics. You know, mm-hmm. we need a sect that's all women. Okay. We need a okay. sect that combines martial arts and magic. Mm-hmm. We need a sect that's much more mystical and much more into the harmony. So we mm-hmm. get those kind of covered. Um, yeah. Okay. We could say. Uh, you know, we could we could find parallels of those in the movies and stuff, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but they're more driven by what the players needed. While I don't stomp on, you know, the the sex that have already been created, I probably would have been fine in doing that mm-hmm. um, and using them. But since I'm not actually describing ancient China, then I don't want to really use what people have done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but players could certainly find inspiration. And then they actually then when they when they make a Wodan monk and they're doing things, they get to help define what they're like or the GM does without okay. being told that's incorrect, you know, uh, and they can then get they could then maybe maybe they delve into the Wudang or other Taoist traditions and really dig deep and go, whoa, we can bring a lot to this. Mm-hmm. Good. More power to you. That's that's what I want. But I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you that's the way you should start. Okay. Okay. That, no, that, uh, well, number one, again, like a lot of the other entries, the thing I like about this is I feel like I could, you know, I wouldn't even have to read this section in order to apply it during a game because I could just find it while the game is running and it's only about a paragraph. So it's not, it's, you know, it's not too much information that, you know, you have to read the whole section right before you play it. Yeah. And you already have your, your your threads for creating a campaign, your threads for creating adventures, and you've got your NPCs, so you know you're ready to go. That's the idea. Mm. Um, I mean, it's not quite pick up and go on the fly, but you could if you need to. Yeah, what I, I guess what I mean is it's like uh, it's most of these entries look like I could uh, you could use them in the fashion of I need to look this up while I'm running the game. I don't remember what this detail is. It's not going to be. You know, it's not going to be the struggle of, yeah, strategically skimming the material to get what you need. You can read right. the whole thing really quickly and apply. Right. I it. didn't want that. Yep, yeah. I didn't want that to happen. I wanted, uh, I wanted you to be able to grab what you need now and use it and not be wrong. Mm. You know, later, not yeah. find out that you broke that, your world or. That's the uh, problem. That's the big problem that comes up and, with that. And and it's hard. It's actually, I find it hard like that because I find it easy to write detail. You know, because I can see these people and I can think of their motivations and what they're doing. And I can tell you exactly what they're all about. And I'll be wrong for your game. 
Okay. <laughs> it's okay. really humbling. It's humbling, I think, to keep reminding yourself, nope, that's not the way other people are going to do it, you know. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, that the best uh, gaming groups uh, organically develop their play style as a group. Yeah, you I know? think that's true. I think I think one of the dangers that that happens is you encounter models that are that function fine online, maybe in other people's groups, and then you try to apply them to your group, and then you realize my group's an individual thing. It's not the it doesn't fit this model that I've encountered, and I have nope. to adjust to make it work. That's I've, I've I've had that happen so many times. Where... And and it'll adjust with your or you'll have to adjust with your group as someone can't make it or can, yep. you know, at any particular time, the dynamics change on the fly too. And um, so based on uh, decades of game mastering, I try to make this as uh, friendly as possible to use. Uh, and I know that's counterintuitive, you know, give me more information, uh, give me solid details, yeah. but I'll give you the framework and, and then you can place it and fit it how it works for you. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good way to do it. That's a good way to do it. I think. Um, yeah. I, I I I I have done it both ways, and whenever I've gone too far into the details, I almost always regret it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just it's just too much material to absorb during play, and that's you know that's a uh, you know if if you have all day to sit and read something beforehand and memorize it, it's fine. But even even like I'll go back to my own books that I should know. And I'm like, why did I make it so long? You know, so sure, um, sure. So I, well, think... I think back at old old gaming days when I was a, a Forgotten Realms uh, just nut. You know, mm -hmm. I I wanted, I knew, I had all the books, I read everything over and over and over again. And if there was a detail, I knew it where it was. <laughs> well, that's not fun for my game master or other players. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it it can be okay if you approach it right, which I I, I would like to look back and think that I did. But you know. Uh, it, it, it. Nobody's game is going to follow all that stuff. What is it? That's what, what is and it? It's Can, humbling. Canon lawyer, right? That's the. What's that? that? The, is canon lawyering the term for that? The... Yeah, I think so. You know, this is so, and uh, I, I think I mentioned before, you, you, you get too much into that, and life will smack you down real quick if you realize, oh, I guess that's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, again, I wanted to create something that you could get ideas from the book. You can watch the movies and the TV shows and get ideas from them and put them right down your table and keep going. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, and I've, I've had you for over an hour, so I'll, I'll <laughs> let you go soon. This has been uh, a lot of fun. But, uh, what, uh, um, you know, what you have the, um, the cards coming out. Is there going to be any more material for this? Is this like a one-off thing? It's like, how are you looking at this? Um, uh, I'm working on adventures. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to do a series of adventures that start in a small town. Um, the free one is is an introduction to both the genre and in, even introducing game masters to being game masters. We try to really uh, keep the basics there to try and open the door. Uh, the next one of that is going to involve a lot of things that uh, were hinted at in the first adventure and are going to be uh, full-on wuxia, revenge, story, all the works. Um, and then uh, for doing conventions, I think I've got, uh, I think I've got seven or eight convention games that I've already done over the years, uh, and I've got another outline of another five or six. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, as you know, writing adventures are hard; they take a long yeah. time. And measuring 
what they do for you and your game is a little bit hard you know how do, uh, how do you mean demand. just uh well they're a demand there there's it seems like there's a demand for them and yet they don't seem to fly off the shelves oh uh, yet, i get you yeah yet they help yeah. you know they help your book because people want to know if it's supported or not um but this is a fully self-contained game. You don't need anything else, and you might not ever need anything else. But I've got some other stories I want to tell, so I'm going to use the the adventures uh, to do that. And they're, again, based off of a lot of convention games that I've run. Okay. I mean, I, the good thing about adventures, I think, is that they can really show people what you mean by the game. Exactly. Like, you know, like, this is how I envision people running the game or how I ran it. And that can be helpful uh yeah. you know but yeah the adventures are a challenge because everybody kind of conceptualizes adventures differently and that's always the thing that i yeah find when you put one out there is that okay you, you know uh the tr the trick is you know uh may like i don't know fi finding the right structure for your audience do you know what i mean like that's yeah. that's the trick um yeah yeah so we're going to try a few adventures and see how those go. I, uh, I have some articles and some other things that I can do. I've got one on fans used in Wuxia, you know, because uh -huh. they're just so cool. The, uh, the, but the, ar the articles are going to appear where? We're not sure yet. Uh -huh. um, you know, they might just be released for free, uh, okay. uh, which is likely um, uh, to let people um, play with those a little bit. But the game is really fully contained. It doesn't really need anything else. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we're not going to expand... The magic section because the magic is uh is um it's already there everything you okay. need um it's it's a, a kind of a broad brushstroke magic section too you know if you, the spells are multi-purpose and uh kind of um uh, very strongly thematic so there's not really a, a need for more um and i don't see that uh that will uh it's it's possible that i might um Publish something in the future on on becoming immortal. Uh, we've played with rules on that and stuff, uh, taking it to kind of another higher level of things. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm not sure, you know, if there's a real uh, want or need for that at this point. So well, I think we'll stick with the adventures and see how it goes. Okay, and so uh, so I guess we'll end it here, unless there's something you want to add that I didn't ask about. No, I'm just or... uh, thankful for a chance to talk about. Uh, uh, this game and Wusha in general with someone I know who appreciates it and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's a, I will say this about the game as every single person that I've introduced it to has had a great time with it. Um, it's again, easy to teach a lot of fun to run and it will, uh, it will carry a campaign. I know that very well um, because I've done it and uh, uh, I, I have to maybe pseudo apologize to the different people that I would catch at the, uh, 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 finding game boards at conventions and say, hey, do you like D&D? &D? Yeah. How about if we add Kung Fu? Come here. Uh, there's three of you. I've got three seats left. And then I sit them down next to the other two people and I go get more until I peel my table. <laughs> okay. But that's they, what you got to do. That's what you got to do, do, right? Yeah. yeah. But you, uh, I, I hope people play it. Um, I hope people play it and then go, what is this? I yeah. want to know more. And then they learn about uh the storytelling and uh, read some of the books and see the movies and the TV shows and uh, um, and then have their minds kind of blown and bring it to their table. So, I mean, I would definitely t recommend people check this out. Like I said, the book's beautiful. It gets all the right, like all the, 
all the boxes are checked on this one for me with Wusha, so I I recommend it. Um, and I think I don't know I I I really I really like the system that you use for this. That it really seems to fit it. Do you know what I mean? It's a it was a smart it, it choice. It, yeah. it really clicked, and and I think the hardest thing was was abandoning my first rule set and then mm. abandoning my second rule set. You know, my first rule set I, I abandoned because it just wasn't quite doing it. Mm. The second one uh, was doing it pretty well. And when I approached the publishers, they wanted to do it on their own. And that was, you know, six, oh, seven okay. years ago. So that hasn't happened yet. And then I moved on with this one. And then this one, uh, uh, I was, I w it was kind of like, um, it was so fortunate. You know, mm. it was so fortunate that, that we ended up here. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It was made with a lot of love, a lot of respect. Uh, uh, you know, I, I consulted with you a lot, just trying to make sure that uh, that we're that we're treating the genre with the with with a lot of respect, and uh, um, so that people uh, will get it and like it. Yeah, and I remember that you had very specific questions too. Like there was a very, <laughs> I, I remember the things that you you would send me and you'd ask about, and you know, I get I get you know, and and I I, I think it shows you know that you, I mean, and obviously you're a fan going back to the day too which is i think important <laughs> here um because i feel like there's a lot of shaw brothers representation oh, yeah. in this and yeah <laughs> you know uh which i like uh so um so yeah so people check it out on drive through uh it, it's you know it's called art of wusha um and it's available in print and in pdf and you know uh, hopefully we'll have you back on maybe one of these days we'll have you back on for one of the the Wusha movies or something if you awesome. if you want to come I'd, back i'd love to um but you know you'll see you know maybe we'll have jim back on you can you can hear him then and until then we will talk to you later <laughs>